1: A couple of armchair GMs who have yet to be wrong with any of their Timberwolves takes. <laughs> right. It's flagrant howls with Phil Mackey and Kyle Tygi.
0: All right, Kyle. So, <laughs> uh, yeah. So, apparently, that loss to the Blazers yesterday, the Wolves were 19.5 point favorites at home against an Actively tanking Blazers team. I mean, 10 day contracts, G League guys. You never heard of anyone on that court, basically, right? 19 and a half point favorites, and the Wolves lose that game. And apparently, it's the biggest upset in the NBA since 1993. 1993.
1: And I think that's only because we only started tracking against the spread data in like 93 so there I mean it could be even worse like historically um and it if you're a Kings fan you've got to be super amped because they lost yesterday to the Spurs as 16 point favorites and no, <laughs> no one talked about it no one talked about it you broke
0: that news to me I had no idea
1: <laughs> the Wolves happened. just uh um yeah I don't know where do you want to I will say that there are a couple people that figure this out but I mean I I I did a recording with Dane on Saturday morning and I was pretty confident they were going to win because I think the last eleven times there's been a seventeen point favorite, those teams have at least won outright. Um, but congratulations to anyone that does legal sports betting because you made free money yesterday. The, the or the Blazers were plus eleven hundred on the money line, which is like you bet a bet a dollar, you make eleven like free money yesterday. So the Wolves at least maybe paid for your season tickets or something. But we've had a lot of fun doing the best wins of the season. Every podcast we do. Worst loss of the season, and probably because of what we might talk about today, the worst loss in franchise history. It's kind of, it,
0: I've been thinking about this. We, we talked about it on Mackie and Judd today, and and I'll give you my, I have a, a couple different rants to go on here. I'll good give them to you too, but it kind of they, they could definitely still rattle off like three wins here. I mean, it wouldn't, wouldn't just the the way that they've gone about business. Would it shock you if they? If they rattled off three wins and then like you know got through the play-in or something and made some noise in the first round, it wouldn't. At this point, any outcome short of like going to the NBA Finals is on the table for this team. And by any outcome, I mean also losing your next three and somehow like missing the play-in entirely to the Mavericks. Like all all scenarios for this team are on the table. They have shown you there's no team that they can't and won't lose to, and there's no team that they can't and won't beat. Even like on the road, beating Golden State you know a week ago. But it it feels like the type of loss for a few different reasons that could have some massive trickle-down effects throughout your organization. The playoff positioning blow that you took yesterday, which could lead to a shortened run uh, in the play-in. Maybe you don't make the postseason. Maybe the chemistry feels more off now, now that all of the players are back, right? Like, it just—that loss yesterday— you and I talk a lot about vibes on this show and how great NBA teams, there's just good vibes, right? Phil Phil, Phil Jackson, uh, I don't know if you can see it behind me here, but uh, one of my favorite books, I guess it's oh, yeah. just, just off camera here. Uh, it's 11 Rings by Phil Jackson, and the whole book is basically about, it's like 500 pages about vibes and how he creates vibes and how he sort of measures where the vibes are at on a one-to-five scale with all of his teams. And uh, there's been a couple times with different iterations of this year's Timberwolves team, where I'm like, okay, okay, the vibes feel good. Like Even like a week ago, like the, the we're getting the vibes back here. Cat's back. He's playing joyful basketball. And then yesterday, it was just back to all of the stuff that you hate about this team manifesting yep. in a two-and-a-half-hour game against the Blazers. And so I guess my question to you is, this is a therapy session for us here today Absolutely. and for all of you, the listeners Absolutely. and viewers. What pisses you off the most after that loss yesterday?
1: Let's just start there. I mean, we're we're less than a week, less than a calendar week away from what I truly actually thought was the biggest win of the season, right? Like to go on the second night of a back-to-back into Sacramento, win both those games, set yourself up for Carl's return, all that stuff, and still hobbled, sick, whatever. Um, It was just, again, and it's not just this season, it's like this franchise is like, if you could just, pull that little part of their brain out that has no respect for, like, the opponent or no respect for just the game of basketball. Um, I think Dane tweeted out yesterday, the Wolves now, the four bottom teams in the league, the worst four teams that are going to have the highest ping-pong ball percentage in the draft, the Wolves are 5-10 and 10 against those teams. Yeah. You know, if you're 1-3 uh, throughout December against those teams, you can kind of figure it out. And for six months, I've, I've done this and I kind of feel bad, but... I've always said, like, you're just two bad losses away from, like, even now, 39 and 40. You're two bad losses away from having a comfortable six seed. I mean, yesterday the Warriors lost to the Nuggets without Jokic. And it was like a rallying cry throughout those six months of, like, if you just put a little more effort in. You don't need to do too much. Just find these two random games, win them, and you're right there, and you're having a good season. If this team were to finish the regular season, top six in the West, despite the parity, despite everything else, I think it would have been a really successful season because you're guaranteed a playoff series. I agree. But it's gone now from like a rallying cry to like like a scarlet letter or like a like that's really now a blemish on everyone's resume. Like you you couldn't beat the bad teams, and that would have as I'm dying here, just trying to, trying to choking up a little bit.
0: My uh yeah, my respiratory uh, death like <laughs> illness last week has translated through the, the screen here
1: to you. This is clearly showing that the, the Minnesota Timberwolves are not good for your health, but it went from like a rallying cry to now it's just it really is an indictment on the 15 players and the six, seven, eight coaches that you, all you had to do was put in a little extra effort. And as a fan, we've talked about the booing earlier in the season, some of the no shows at home. I think they're the wolves are now one in eight in target center since the all-star break. Mm. And it hasn't stopped. You can attest to this, it hasn't stopped snowing, even though it's April, it hasn't stopped being cold. Like ticket prices haven't gone down. You have these fans. That's the only people I care about. I've, Man I've, those always fans, said, oh, man, I've always said that I, and we're going to, I think, maybe get into some roster construction talk here in a sec. I don't care who's on the team. I don't. I've always been like, if it's 15 Luke Ridenhauer's and they win a title, I'm going to be amped. I Wouldn't am that be then-
0: awesome if somehow a team of 15 Luke Ridenhauer's <laughs> played great small ball enough to win a title?
1: Just could defend and rebound and like, <laughs> I just for, it's and it's my there's so many different ways to be a fan and people listening to this have all these different frustrations and all of them are valid. I just have always I'm a sucker. I'm way too loyal as a human being. I just was always cheer for the Timberwolves. I don't really care the name on the back. I care about the name on the front. And this team, all they had to do was give the fans a little extra. That Blazers loss again. I mean, you know, they they dropped the Lakers game and we haven't recorded since then. And I thought at halftime the season was. <laughs> Really looking up. You're up ten against the Lakers. You're going to control all the tiebreakers, and then when Anthony Davis goes down, you just completely let go of the rope. And we just spent all week last week talking about how much heart this team has, and I thought they did in the moment. Yeah. Like that's heart. That's great. It's crazy. to win those two games in a row, and then you just it was like it was like when you have a bad injury and you're like you're the the color zaps out of your face and you're like a ghost. That's what the Wolves looked like yesterday. Again, not to be a gambling nerd, but. Everyone should have made money on the Wolves yesterday because you knew it throughout the whole game. Like There was just never a run. I think they got up 12 at one point when Ant steals the ball from Sharp and dunks it Mm -hmm. kind of on that breakaway. But there was just never never that extra energy. I don't know if the Wolves are... I think they are like bottom five in the league in taking charges. There's just never a dive out of bounds, dive on the ground. There's just no extra effort plays. Finch talked about it, how we did one or two extra rotations, but not the third or fourth play. And Mm -hmm. the third or fourth play are how you get rewarded. So... It's an embarrassment. It's an embarrassment on everyone. It's an embarrassment on Carmona Towns, who had one of—I've been obviously more pro Carl than you—but had one of the weirdest quotes of all time after can that I, Lakers game.
0: I, I we we need to get into that because yeah, I, go for it. I think it 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 was weird when I saw it, and I I felt like it was foreshadowing more bad things to come. And so so we'll we'll kind of dissect this, and I I guess I have a, a question or a theory that kind of goes off of it that that we can parse apart uh, real quick on the on the lack of sort of extra effort, third rotation, fourth rotation, make the extra pass, dive on the floor, just show some urgency. There's a too-cool-for-school nature about this team. And I, and I have some ideas of where it stems from, but what ground do you have to stand on if you are the Minnesota Timberwolves of all franchises to be too-cool-for-school because you're playing the Pistons or the Hornets or a G League Blazers team, Right. Like what are you? What are you guys doing? This is, this is your livelihood, and that still is a professional basketball team over there. So, the fact that they just and some of this, you know, another question off this is how much does this fall on Finch? It's like, dude, at some point, you're gonna lose ten games to, you know, the teams that accumulate the most lottery balls. Would he tell you, hey, bring Phil Jackson in here and watch him try and coach a couple of these yahoos and and see what the results are? Or is there something about his leadership style that just doesn't get the most out of these players? I don't know. I've brought up questions throughout the year. I think there's a chance maybe Chris Finch is just a great lead assistant and he's in a little over his head. I think he's a qualified head coach, but is he like like a top eight head coach in the NBA? I mean, there's there's a lot of questions about Finch after this season too. But the Carl anthony Towns quote, how much more evidence do we need that Carl Anthony Towns is a losing personality? That's my biggest question today. And you can tell me I'm overreacting when he was going through some of those clown performances in the playoffs last year. And I hammered him. This is before the birth of Flagrant House. You and I didn't get to do these shows together. But I hammered him. I called him a clown a couple of times. Uh, I called out his low EQ, high emotional, overreactive personality. And I said, if he's the centerpiece of your franchise, you're not winning anything meaningful. Like, he has to be a complimentary piece or gone if you want your team to be a true contender. And I feel like a lot of people hammered me for being reactionary and said, I'm not going to do this all summer. I'm not going to do it all year, but this is how I feel in the moment. I'm going to say it. I owe it to the audience to say how I feel. And then I kind of backed off of it. And uh, he comes back after the injury, and he kind of blends right in. He's playing with joy in those first couple games. And it just looked like, wow, He it looks like an exhaled version of Carl Anthony Towns. He's just, he's not trying to be something that he's not. He's just fitting in to the fabric of what they're building here. Um, and then, after they lose to the Lakers, and granted, a couple of these games, like Lakers and Suns, there has been an illness ravaging the locker room, and Anthony Edwards was puking in the hallway during, like, quarter breaks and stuff, and so... I can give him a little pass on some of the stuff like Phoenix, Lakers, whatever. But Carl comes out, and this is from the Pioneer Press. He loves to announce that he's going to lead, right? Just like any true leader. Hey, everybody, I'm going to lead now. Listen to what I have to say, right? It's just like it's a, he has a weird, uh, just sort of corny way that he goes about trying to lead. And he says, quote, I got a lot of things to say tomorrow at practice. I'm going to go in there and do what I got to do. Speak up for our team. I know the words I say will help us win games. So I'm just trying to do that. That's all I'm going to say. Keep it in the locker room, insinuating that there's like some bigger things here. I'm watching film right now, and I'll see if I'm right about what I'm seeing. All right, Friday night, the big speech to the media. I'm going to lead tomorrow. You got to see what I'm going to say to our team at practice. I'm seeing some things that can help us Dig out of this. I'm going to keep it in-house, but I'm going to lead tomorrow. And their reaction off of that. And I don't know if we have, like, audio, video footage, hidden camera footage. You know, maybe it'll be told through a story in The Athletic at some point. But the result of Carl's leadership, quote-unquote, was Carl winds up taking three shots in an historic loss as a 20-point favorite at home. Super weird vibes, dude super weird vibes
1: 20 people played in that Blazers Wolves game 10 each side 20 people the only one who took less shots than Carl was Luca Garza and he only played 2 minutes and he, didn't and he should
0: have taken 18 shots quite frankly like, i don't know
1: why he didn't Shaq Harrison for the Blazers took 3 shots and Carl took 3 as well yeah um again i i don't know i don't kind of put me in a pickle here because it is, it's the worst loss ever. Like I, I can't, I think I texted you. Like I can't really put into words my mood. I know people think I'm like optimistic and happy and stuff and I mostly am, because this is all a distraction and a sport to me, but I had I ran nine miles yesterday. I am physically hurting. I'm not a nine mile guy because I was just like, I don't, I don't know what to do anymore. Be- the Carl stuff is like when you post rise and grind or like when you post like, I'm headed to LA Fitness. Shut yes. up and go to the gym. <laughs> just go hey, work everybody. out.
0: I'm, you're gonna, you got to see the workout that I'm going to go through tomorrow. It's, it's like it's, we, we all work out or not, or not whatever. Yeah, it's like just, if, if we're all, go all like Golden
1: Corral and we're all just pigging ourselves out or we're, we're on a bender when I'm at a bar and you're like, oh, I'm getting up tomorrow. I'm going to go work out. It's like, okay, just go work out. Like can we now, talk if, about
0: the chocolate fountain at Golden Corral for a minute? I had a
1: chocolate and you fountain. You can just
0: like put anything under the chocolate fountain.
1: Just Listen, uh, we'll do a separate podcast one day just on chocolate. I had one at my graduation party and my grandma oh. ran it. And it was like it was the hottest <laughs> club in my house. Like people just going up to the chocolate fountain. Um, yeah. So and again, I don't want to criticize. I'm always big on if you work out, I, I support you. I, I'm a big fan of just movement and doing things. And if you post about working out because you want to hold yourself accountable, that's different. And I get that. So if Carl was using the platform of being in the locker room Friday night to hold people accountable or hold himself accountable, I get that. And then again, we don't have access you know, to, to practice and stuff. That's behind closed doors. You practice on Saturday. But to come out, man, and have three shots, all I could think about during that game when he's passing down, passing up, shot opportunity after shot opportunity, was that Clippers game in the play-in. When, again, it was the biggest stage of your career, really. Because, again, a lot of these guys just don't have a lot of playoff experience. And you gave your team 11 points and, like, foul trouble. Like, what? I think, remember, he had like yeah. three fouls or four fouls in the first half. Like
0: Dude, he just short-circuited. He couldn't you handle it.
1: You just need to be there for your teammates. And I am probably on an island now that more and more people are evacuating off of. But you just can't— I just doesn't make any sense, man. I've tried to give this guy the benefit of the doubt— again they i want to at least add this caveat the wolves didn't lose yesterday just because of constantly towns like yeah everyone from top to bottom including finch was bad but ant who has also had been bad this last week and they've kind of won despite him at least he went out shooting literally like he took 30 shots yeah you know and again to get 37 points on 30 shots is really bad but at the end of the game like he's I don't know what he's got in the tank. I don't know how sick he is still. If he's throwing up Friday night, he's probably not feeling good on Sunday. Matinee game, his ankle, whatever. At least he was trying. You just cannot be the leader of men. And that's what's in these locker rooms. Even Josh Minot's a man. Like You cannot be the leader of men and say what you did and then not back it up. And then by all accounts, it sounds like he didn't really stay around for media last night. I mean, these guys sometimes come to the locker room and stuff. And. In Carl's defense, he's always been there for those things, and that's maybe one of the re- odd reasons I've respected him is that he always will talk, even if he says really lame things like you just said. But last night, he didn't talk, and that, um, again, this is how the NBA is going to work now for the next couple of months. It's not just going to be the Wolves. The Mavs are going to face it. Teams that make the playoffs are going to face it when they get bounced in the first round or whatever, but it's not really what have you done all season it's what was some of the most memorable moments. If you mm-hmm. flame out in the playoffs and get swept, coaches get fired. Even if you won 50 games. Mm-hmm. You lose this game that all you had to do was just win it to – the sixth seed was probably always kind of a, uh, kind of out there after that Lakers loss. But if you want to get in that seven or eight range for the plan, where all you have to do is win one game, even if it's on the road, and you're in, you just continuously – in conclusion, I've rambled – But a team that doesn't want to give any extra effort at all in these meaningless games like yesterday, or not meaningless, but like meaningless to the other opponent, Mm -hmm. how am I supposed to trust you that now you're looking at like, oh shit, we have more work to do and we're going to figure it out. Because yes, the season's not over. They could, I mean, there's a lot of people in that organization that feel very confident playing the Nuggets in the first round. You could be the 1-8. We've seen them play Denver really well. Denver's kind of been sliding a little bit. Jokic has been hurt. But to get to that level now, you have to work so much harder and you're going to have to beat the Pelicans in New Orleans or the Lakers in LA when you could have just beaten the Blazers at home in front of fans that deserve it. And that's the thing too is like these fans, man, I always say like the organization's lucky to have fans in the first place. You just – Every time you expect something from this team, they let you down. And after a while, it's like I don't. I don't blame people that are like I'm done. I'm done this season. Like hit me up in July when this thing kicks off again. Yeah, dude. I think you know you kind of you kind of put a uh,
0: you went down a side street of saying the cat isn't necessarily the only one to blame for the loss yesterday. And I think we spend a lot of time by we meaning kind of the royal we fans. And and this there's a parallel conversation by the way in Vikingsville happening with Kirk Cousins too. Where you've got these. <laughs> stat packing, very good players that sometimes look like elite level players and you can see these little peak moments where oh they go to the playoffs with Cat and they they you know win 13 games with Kirk and then if something bad happens and you criticize one of them there's a caval a cavalry of fans that will say oh of course it's Kirk's fault you you're saying it's all Kirk's fault or they're trying to shield him from blame or Cat from blame. And I think I mean, There there's this group of players and Kat and, and Kirk Cousins are among them where no, they're not the worst player on the team. In fact, quite the opposite. They're one of the best players on the team at times, but they're not good enough for the position they hold and the money that they make relative to the salary cap to build a championship team around. Or in the Wolves case, even like a middling sort of like four or five seed in the Western Conference playoff bracket if you're going to make as much money as those guys do relative to the salary cap has nothing to do with like their pockets. I'm saying strategically within a salary cap structure, and you're going to be put on that pedestal and you're going to speak to the media and you're going to be the leader of a team and taking the most shots and touching the football all the time. You need to be that guy all the time. You can't just show up and shoot three shots. You can't just check down on fourth and eight with your season on the line. And so I think like, just to sum this up, The best way I can describe it with Carl Anthony Towns is no, he's not actively shipwrecking every game. In fact, there's a lot of games where he is much more positive value than negative value. But he just somehow makes it weird vibes wise. There's just the Jimmy Butler stuff, you know. Just he's a weird, quirky personality. I think he's got a little bit of narcissism. He has low emotional intelligence. Think about. We didn't really talk about this. We kind of, we kind of scoffed at it, but we were like, we're not, we weren't going to kill the buzz after that Hawks game a week week and a half ago. He hits a free throw to win a Wednesday night game against the Hawks or whatever that game was. I think it was a Wednesday night or something, right? Which is great. Like he's back. He missed a few months with an injury. He comes back and uh, they beat they beat like a five hundred team in the Eastern Conference with fifteen games to go on the schedule, ten games to go, and it's a cool moment. It was a cool moment. And he, in front of a Target Center crowd and a Bally Sports North audience, he makes it so dramatic. I think he said something like, you know, it's a story out of a movie. It's a story out of a movie. And he's like, you know, you know," gesticulating and almost, almost in tears, right? And then when he has a chance to sort of collect himself, goes back to the locker room, and then visits with the media at the podium after several minutes, right? He's still saying the same thing. It's like a story out of a movie. You know, you come back, you miss all this time and you hit the game-winning free throws. It's like a movie. No one's making movies about a regular season game against the Hawks on a Wednesday, guy. Clay Thompson, Clay Thompson being out for 2 years and tearing his knee and his Achilles and whatever else and then getting through the regular season and the finals. That's a movie, maybe. That that's like that's a movie. That's a dynasty. But he just and I didn't say anything after the game but it was like if I if I was one of his teammates I would have been like we're really happy to have you back but dude let's pump the brakes a little here let's not be so corny and weird he just he just he just brings weird energy I guess and that that was palpable in that loss yesterday
1: Again I'm pretty comfortable and confident saying that the Wolves by no means lost to the Blazers because of Carl But I also watched that game, and I've watched a lot of Blazers games on the side because they're on TV and I'm a sicko. They could have easily won the game with Carl. (laughs) Like, that's the thing is, like, all he had to do was – and I think we see it a little differently because, I don't know, I'm just, like, an emotional person. So he comes back that Wednesday night, he hits a couple free throws, he's excited. I kind of let that just roll off my back because – and I did, I did too, and, and but he, it, it's
0: part of a bigger puzzle, I guess.
1: Right. No, I, and I'm with you on that because it ties into some longer standing things with him. And then, you know, he hits that really big shot against the Warriors, and he actually was pretty chill and, like, just a couple you know, hand gestures to the sky, but he hits a shot that wins them in the game. That's big. But if we're if you want your flowers after those big moments and you want to be like, ha, I told you, so I'm back, then that, that's why we didn't, weren't that critical. It's like, well, you won the games for them. But then to have what you said after Friday and let it marinate throughout the weekend and then to just – I mean, I, I would honestly have not killed the guy as much if he was three for 20, right? Because it's like, mm-hmm. I mean, Carl at least took shots. I mean, again, not to – He's just rusty,
0: right? Pivot it around.
1: Yeah. yeah, like the Warriors yesterday lost to the Nuggets without Jokic and Steph and Clay combined for like, I don't know, four for 30 or something. So they at least went down swinging. They went down shooting, and that's what Ant did yesterday too. But to just not take those shots, man, it's – there was this moment i think it was again last year i brought this up before but there was a lot of noise around carl early october november of the last season he didn't play very well he went into milwaukee they upset the bucks they were the defending champs and after the game carl was awesome he didn't complain there was no stray voltage and he was like you know i'm just i'm just going to shut up and play basketball now i'm not going to listen to the critics that was kind of awesome because mm-hmm. not only did he kind of you know stick it to you as a petty person but he also backed it up he didn't back it up against the blazers and those types of losses again The season is not over despite what many frustrated people might think, and I respect that. Mm. They can still, you know, every time you expect this team to just make an omelet, they just throw the eggs on the floor. And every time you expect them to throw the eggs on the floor, they make an an egg sandwich. Like, who knows what they do in Brooklyn on Tuesday. They could still make some noise in the playoffs. I think, I think personally, Phil, that if they just still get in, and can kind of eliminate all the distractions and the stink. And then Finch can just say, all right, I'm just going to ride with whoever I trust the most. I mean, Chris Finch wants to play Kyle Henderson as much as possible. And if that's the case, he can't play Carl and Rudy at the same
0: time. Kyle too, by the way, what the hell was he doing on that weird floating scoop shot that went over the backboard at the end of the game?
1: I watched it back. He has a chance to kick it to Mike Conley, but again, like... This well, just, is why it's not. Then just shoot not, a
0: layup like normal, you know? Like, right, if but this is why it's it. not
1: all on on him. Like Ant gets doubled. Good, you know, which by the way, I don't even know why the Blazers are doubling. They don't even want to win that game. Yeah. Um, but they make a smart double at the top. He kicks it to Jaden. Jaden makes the Finch offense pass. One more pass. Kyle tries to make a move, but just kind of all again. It's like, why is Kyle Anderson, who we love and who we might say is the MVP of the season, he can't take the last shot? Mm-hmm. Get a three up, like Jaden. Take a three. You've had opportunities from game winning shots and you know maybe make that pass and then go move um but just an embarrassment from all angles I I I truly like I'm I feel terrible for people that went to that game yesterday um and then it ties into Finch too like I was pretty big on Finch after he defended his team in the Suns game Phil I can't put my finger on it because I know Finch is really smart offensively and you say that maybe he's like a a good two I don't know and you might be right um But if you're five and 10 against the worst teams in the league, I mean, even if it's not Finch's fault, he has to take some of that because that is, that stat right there, that lone stat, whatever else you wanna talk about, five and 10 against the worst four teams in the league. If you were, I don't know, eight and seven, you'd be the five seed. And I know people don't wanna hear that, but now again, it's more of an indictment now of like, you just played with your food so much that now it completely might cost someone their employment or their job or where Mm -hmm. they live this summer. And that's a real thing.
0: Yeah. Again, like to kind of go back to the beginning of the episode, it's the type of loss and, and the, the losses like it too, that have kind of stacked up, let's call it like that bin of losses Mm -hmm. is going to create potentially a major fault line in the organization. Mm -hmm. It might lead to a coaching change. It might lead to a Carl Anthony towns trade. It might lead to a Rudy Gobert trade. And there's a lot of fans that would love any number of those things to happen anyways, and and we'll have an off-season full of discussions. Um, but it's it's not – I don't think you just shrug that loss off. I think that – and, and, and I, the Wolves should. Like, they should shrug it off and go and – I'm saying from a front-office perspective, that loss is, is something that screams, this is who we are at our core. There are plenty of other losses just like it that line up throughout the season. Believe someone when they tell you who they are, and the Timberwolves are telling you sort of who they are.
1: my dad shout out to jeff is a big fan of this podcast he really loves our leadership power rankings but he brought up a really good point yesterday that we've been doing the leadership power rankings for six months now and he's like you guys just don't have carl or ant or jaden in there like enough Mm -hmm. it was a really good point because i think you and i i've always said this is a really deep team they've shown that throughout the season with all the injuries and all the illnesses. Um and they have a lot of good vets. I'm not used to the Minnesota Timberwolves having good vets on the team that are productive. Yeah. But I think this summer that would be one of the f- main things I address if I'm Tim Connolly as an organization is like, all right, I, like we've done this enough now. These guys are all veteran players enough. They've played three, four years. They've made all-star teams, they made all defensive teams, they made all NBA teams. When we do these again in September, October, like you, ant might need to be number one. Like this mm-hmm. at some point you need to pick who is running this team and mm-hmm. that person's going to lead us. You can't have your five leaders come October, 2023 still be Kyle Anderson, Torian Prince, mm-hmm. you know, Micah Nori, Alex Rodriguez and crunch. Like it's gotta be actually the guys <laughs> who take the shots at the end of the games, the guys who, you know, make the most money. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's just, I mean, there was just a lack of leadership yesterday Ant said all the right things after the game too. The wolves always do. They're the warriors of post game quotes, but, uh, for our weekly Alan Horton tweet of the week, um, Most games lost with a 10 or more point lead. The Minnesota Timberwolves have 18 losses this year when they've been up 10 or more points. That is first, tied with Portland, by the way, who's not trying. But what that tells you is this team can can get it going, and then they just have no professionalism to close it out, no killer instinct, Mm -hmm. and that ties directly to the players who at the end of games are getting those shots. I mean, if that number instead of 18 is second or second place is 14 if that's 15 games you're a top six seed. um and it's it's again it's an indictment on this franchise for playing with their food and it's probably going to result this summer in massive massive changes
0: well okay so let me let me give you my so my first big take was sort of the carl anthony towns is, is a losing personality take let me give you my second big take here and you, and you tell me what you think and it kind of blends into everything we're saying in watching the last month, especially, both with this player on the court and now maybe more importantly with this player off the court, hmm. I think the Wolves absolutely need to find a way to keep Nas Reed this offseason. And yep. if that means that they don't have room financially or minutes wise for all three big men, if they just say, God, it's really hard to justify paying Rudy Gobert and Carl Anthony Towns and Nas Reed like over a hundred million dollars per year in a salary cap league, then I would say, okay, Nas might not be the best of those three players yet, but Nas embodies everything we want our team to be. He's tough. He's emotionally intelligent, largely, meaning like he, he has control over sort of the the, the things that are happening in the game aren't throwing him off as much as they throw off Carl Anthony Towns and, and other players. Not that he doesn't complain. If like all players complain a little bit, He's hardworking, he's largely just unbothered, puts his head down, gets better, goes to work. I love to use the word vibes again. I love I love the vibes that Nas Reed brings. And and if the wolves have to go into a room and say, All right, um, if we're gonna keep Nas Reed around financially and minutes-wise, we have to get rid of one of the other big men that makes forty plus million dollars. I would say, figure it out then. I cause to me the like the nucleus of this team going forward. Anthony Edwards, Jade McDaniel's, and if you can bring guys in that align with them age wise, ethos, everything, it's hard to justify saying goodbye to Nas Reed because you want to run it back one more time with Rudy Gobert, or you know you're clinging to the hope that Carl Anthony Towns can still be the centerpiece of a team that aspires to go to the Western Conference Finals. So I'm even more on the Nas Reed wagon now than I was 24 hours
1: ago, than I was a week ago. I have no I mean as a person who owns a lot of Nas Reed t-shirts uh I have no problem <laughs> with that um and again I, I I think you know not to shameless plug but on Thursday I'm I'm coming back this week I'm going to be at Falling Knife Brewery yeah. um with Dane Motorway Robson we're doing a we're doing a live show at 7 p.m. people that are listening to this I'm sure I've heard it on Dane's pod but it might just be a therapeutic moment for we have a, we'll have an open mic and you can ask your questions or vent away um because I don't Get I mean, I'm not critical of anyone, Phil, who's saying this was the most frustrating year they've ever had because it's like, this isn't the old wolves where you're hoping like, hey, can Anthony Randolph hit a three? It's like, no, this team has a ton of talent now. Yeah. And talent brings expectations. And you had expectations yesterday as the largest point favorite in 25 years. And you just showed no toughness. And again, that's going to result in some sort of changes. So whether you even agree, maybe you're pro Carl, you're anti-Ant, you're like, oh, have you seen all the mistakes Ants made? I get all that. But what we've learned this year is that you still have two kids under 22 who I would imagine by the end of the year are both, like, one was an all-star and one will be all-defensive. As a Twins fan, throughout those lean years, I mean, it's been lean two decades, but, like, hey, at least they have Buxton, right? Like, if they can just put some pieces around that young MVP candidate, like, I'll I'll buy in. That's how it is with these Wolves. Like, long-term, if it's a stock and you're selling, I'm still buying because— it's not going anywhere jane's not going anywhere and you've learned this year like that draft class can propel you just those two guys to like 500 ish basketball mm-hmm. but we're also learning too that like the rudy gobert thing he has his warts carl has his warts Torian prince you know all these guys con like they all have their warts and it's going to be a massive massive summer for them but i i, I believe in the franchise long term not because of who's running it not because of who owns it because of those two guys but I just I don't see how you come out of this weekend, and maybe they beat the Nets tomorrow. I don't know, like that. Maybe they I I always kind of thought they would lose to the Nets, but maybe they beat Me the too. Nets tomorrow. Figure it all out. Then you get a Spurs game, kind of a back to back, and then you get to play the Pelicans at home on Sunday, and kind of right some of your wrongs. And then again with what happened as we go into the standings, the Mavericks lost again. The Wolves are going to probably make the plan, but we're just, you know how many <laughs> oh, more times. Man. How many more Dude. times do you need to see certain players just not live up to what their expectations are before you just rightfully – and you've been on this much longer time – before you rightfully just turn on them and just say, I just need something else? Like, in the definition of insanity of doing it over and over again and getting the same results, you can't get the same results anymore. Like, you got to know who you can go to war with and who you can't. And I thought this weekend was pretty telling, especially on Sunday – of who you can at least trust to go to war with. You might not win the battle, but there's certain people that I'm just not sure this organization is going to feel comfortable going to war with anymore.
0: I think you're a little more confident than I am about the worst-case scenario, so let's let's flesh it out here oh, with our okay, Western okay. Conference yeah, Playoff picture update. It's looking bleak for uh, for the sixth seed at this point now that the, the Warriors are two games clear of the Timberwolves and they'd have to hop over the Pelicans and the Lakers, so... Right now, it's all about can you just snag the seven or the eight? Play in the one, you know, one win and you're in uh, portion of the playing bracket. So here's how it looks right now: you got the Clippers and Warriors tied at 41 and 38 for the five and the six seed, and then a half game behind those two teams, the Lakers and the Pelicans. The Wolves are a game and a half behind the Lakers and the Pelicans, sitting in the nine seed. Only a game up on the Thunder, two games up on the Mavericks with three games to go. So just to lay this out here, the Dallas Mavericks so let's 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 talk about guarding against the worst case scenario, which is that yeah, Blazers stuff, loss yeah. tumbles you out of everything.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: The the Mavericks probably have to win out at this point. And the Mavericks, by the way, have lost seven of their last eight games. They are well under 500 since the Kyrie Irving trade, so they're just an absolute train wreck. They do play three straight home games to finish the season here against Sacramento, Chicago, and San Antonio. Sacramento's pretty well settled in to that three seed at this point, so I don't know. Do they take their foot off the gas pedal? Who knows? Chicago is right on the cut line. Um in the, in the Eastern Conference playing, but they are four games. So, so Chicago is in the play-in, but they're jockeying for positions. So Chicago has something to play for. But anyways, if Dallas wins out, they would be, let's see here, 40-42, and 42, which means the Wolves, and I'd have to look at tiebreakers here. Um, if the Wolves go one and two, they would be tied record-wise with the Mavericks, and then it would come down to the head-to-head matchup against the Mavericks.
1: Right. So. Basically, and there was some reporting done just before we went live that the Mavs might actually shut down Luka and Kyrie. uh, because They have their their whole season is tied into this pick that they sent to the Knicks as part of the Porzingis trade. And it would Mm. actually behoove the Mavs right now with Kyrie being a free agent this summer, not having any assets to kind of just tank. They are at this moment, two games behind the wolves, like you said, long story short the Wolves have to basically win one more game to guarantee themselves a playing game. So that would either be against the Nets, against the yeah. Spurs or at home against the Pelicans. And they do Teng- on the
0: tiebreaker head to head. They've beat the Mavericks uh, two yeah. out of three times this year. So,
1: so the Mavs might, they had, uh, they had one of the strangest games yesterday against the Hawks, uh, but they basically might be bowed out. So by process of elimination, your 2022, 2023 Minnesota Timberwolves are going to make some form of the postseason. So congratulations to them for literally falling down and rolling backwards into yeah. the postseason. But, uh, yeah, now it comes down to can you get, you know, the, the, as the plan works for the four people that might not know, the 9 and 10 play each other, the 9 would host, the 7 and 8 play each other, the 7 would host. If you win the 7, 8, you're in. If you lose the 7, 8, you play the winner of the 9 and 10. So getting to 8 would still be important because it's like if we can just win one game, we're in, right? I yeah. refer to it as like TSA pre-check versus general boarding. Like we just got to get in. But if you're at 9 or god forbid 10 then you're in a situation where yeah you need to win two games and you've showed an inability to really care about your home court uh, this last month and a half so it's way more dicey uh the wolves don't deserve it by any means but they got super lucky yesterday because everything they needed yesterday went their way with all these other teams losing but again i man i might be they might be at my funeral and reading notes that I wrote down to myself in 2023, and I'll still be thinking about the fact that it's like, man, if you could have just won your weekend series at home against the Blazers and 24 more minutes against the Lakers, you'd probably be guaranteed right now with how it's all broken to be out of the plant in a good yeah. way. So yeah, that's, that's, that's it. I mean, again, yeah, I... if you're too long, didn't read, you just got to win one more game to get uh, an extra playoff game, a play-in game, whatever. The Wolves have shown an ability to beat anyone, especially teams that are actually kind of good. Uh, because if you take that 5 and 10 away from their record, I mean, they have a pretty good record against good teams. Uh, but that's not a compliment because it all matters and you're a terrible team against bad teams. So I think they're going to make the plan. I think this podcast is going to continue. We're going to have some stuff to talk about. But uh, damn, man, just, just a historic. Shout out to Caitlin Clark. And everyone, and the women's basketball championship, because that really stole the Twitter thunder yesterday. Not a lot of people were focused on the what? wolves. I'm so confused. I didn't watch that
0: game, but oh I saw God, like some of the the, the 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 you can't see me taunting. Um, what's wrong with a little just sort of back and forth taunting? We see it in men's sports all the time. Like I don't, I don't get why people.
1: I uh I prefer to do my taunting like I, if if you know I only tweet after games because I'm so anxious and nervous in general and pacing throughout any basketball game i watch so i either text phil or dane or people during the game my, my hot takes by trying to talk trash until after the game when it's settled that's what happened yesterday lsu had won the game and we're talking a little trash kind of some of the same trash talk that caitlin and given but man yeah. we just gotta we gotta allow people talking smack like that's a normal yeah, thing it like, if it's not aggressive yeah. or physical like the john cena you can't see me i do that like when I refused to tip at Panera for to-go orders. It's like, no, like none of that stuff. You're not getting extra, <laughs> extra money. So uh, no problem with that. But, yeah, I mean, again, that women's game was so cool and so fun. The whole women's tournament was great, but it really overshadowed what was honestly like – it it was sunny here and the Wolves lost and it just started raining, Phil, and it doesn't really rain that much yeah, pe- pe- in April. So pe- 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 it's just uh, – it was Peel the mood the of now, man. the s- society. So. Stop being so, uh,
0: so soft, all you. America getting soft. All right, well, uh, that's a wrap on this Wolves therapy session here and a wrap on your Western Conference playoff play-in play, play in picture update, <laughs> I guess. All right, uh, if you could, please give us a five-star rating and a positive review on Apple yes. Podcasts. And if you could click the like and subscribe button on the Scornith YouTube channel, it'll help spread the word about uh, what's turning into... At least weekly therapy sessions in between the peaks and elations. It's like an abusive relationship or something. (laughs) So uh, we'll see you probably later this week on Flagrant Howls, your favorite Timberwolves lifestyle podcast. Thanks, everyone.